With the second pick, the Denver Broncos select Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, Von Miller. Von Miller. Von Miller. Howdy, guys. We are back for episode two. Um, Von Cass, it was uh, week four. And I want to give a special shout out to my guy, Trey White, man. He tore his Achilles um, during the game. You know, he was just running behind Tyreek Hill and he just stepped down and he tore his Achilles, man. It's a tough injury. And he just, uh, you know, got back from uh, his ACL um, last year. So it's been a tough couple of years for Trey White, man. I just want to give him a special shout out at the beginning of this Von cast because I know personally how hard it is to to overcome these injuries, man. And he'll be good, man. I just want to send him some love. And I think we should all send him some love, man. So I appreciate you, T. Uh, T White. And I'll see you in a little bit. Um, As we get started, man, um, Sunday was a crazy win for my team. They absolutely beat the brakes off of the Miami Dolphins. They did, not me. <laughs> it went crazy. We got to see these guys again. So I don't want to fire anybody off, but it just, it just is what it is, man. They went crazy, man. My team went crazy. Obviously, I didn't play in that game, but they just, you know, went crazy on the Denver Broncos the week before. They put a 70 ball on Sean Payton and all of those guys, man. And, you know, coming to this game, it was a, it was a lot of hype about the Miami Dolphins, rightfully so, because they have a really good team. But uh, my team just played really, really good. And I talked to Bradley Chubb before the game, like, you know, because Bradley Chubb was my guy and I had reached out to Chubb and I was like, hey, man, we about to beat the brakes off of y'all. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, we got a good team. Because obviously I wasn't playing. Like, when you playing in games, you obviously don't, you know, talk how I'm talking. But I wasn't playing, so I can talk, you know, my team up all I want. And I, I was telling him, like, hey, man, we about to break, beat the brakes off of y'all. He was like, yeah, we're going to see, man. We got a good team, too. Dude. And I talked to him about the Denver game because we were both in Denver as well. We talked about the Denver Broncos and how they're struggling and, you know, how was the game, playing in the game where y'all scored 70 points or, and whatnot. So, Talking to Bradley Chubb, and I said, hey, man, we're going to be the breaks off of y'all. And then actually, after we actually did it, I saw him after the game, and I was like, hey, Chubb, we beat the breaks off of y'all. And he just busts out laughing, man. So it was, a, it was a little chuckle that me and Chubb had, man. But we'll see those guys again, man. And, you know, it, it'll be uh, sooner than we know, man. See those guys at the end of the season, man. And Tua's been playing out of his mind. Tyreek Hill's been playing out of his mind. So and I got a lot more time to, to really – you know, get back together, and they got some big big games coming up, and we'll see those guys at the end of the season. But I think that says what that says about our defense, you know, especially, you know, with me not playing, is that we have a really, really solid defense. It's not just the Josh Allen and the offense. It's not just the – it's just not the Josh Allen show. We have a, a really, really solid team. You know, our special teams played out of their mind as well. Um, and our defense played out of, out of their mind for two weeks in a row. So I, I really think that proves to people that we have a, a solid team in general, not just quarterback, not just receivers, not just defensive line. Um, we have a really, really solid team. And that's what you need to to have to get to the big ship and ultimately win it. Um, the stadium was insane. The stadium was insane, man. Like it was a typical Buffalo Bills Sunday. I say that, and, you know, we were scoring a lot of touchdowns. Everybody was having fun, man. We Even Diggs was having so much fun with the fans. He he went stone cold uh, Stefan Diggs, you know, during the game, and I thought that was super cool, man. And the energy on the sideline, we're big on energy on the sideline, man. We always like to, um, you know, have, especially the people that's not playing, like the coaches and the walk and the, and the practice squad guys, we want those guys to be into the game. 
So every single play, you could see all those guys getting hype off of every single play, man. And the the energy was was insane. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs had a huge game. You know, Josh Allen was the second player in NFL history with 300 yards passing, four touchdown passes, and one rushing touchdown, and a 158.3 QB rating in a single game. That was a whole lot to say. He's second player in NFL history with 300 yards passing, four touchdown passes, one rushing touchdown, and 158.3 uh, quarterback rating in a single game. He absolutely went crazy. He um, has more touchdowns than incompletions in that game. It was, it was insane, man. And Steph went crazy, too. He had 120 yards receiving with three touchdowns. And like I said before, man, he went stone cold Stephon Diggs. He had two beers and, like, he hit them together, man. And that's that's how you know, man, like, we're going super crazy, man. And I just feel like, you know, that's just – that's what we're – um that's the team that we're supposed to be. I think when we play to the best of our ability, that's us. And I think our, our mindset going into that week is something that we can replicate. I don't think that was – just a one-game wonder. I think we've really focused on our mental toughness, and I think we've really focused on the process and how do we get to games like that so we can continue to replicate that. And that's what I saw from my team, man. I saw a resilient team, a humble team. You know, I, I can sit here and talk about those guys, but, you know, we have a, a hugely humble team in there. Um, everybody's all about wins. Everybody's so selfless um, with each other. They want the best out of the guy next to them, man. And, you know, I think we can continue to replicate that as long as we continue to reset and just keep going crazy, man. Um, with that performance, Josh Allen became the front runner for MVP. He's always been my front runner. He's always been the front runner in my eyes for MVP. But um, you know, I, I feel like Josh has uh he's continued to develop each and every game, each and every play after that first game. You know, the first game he had Four turnovers just with itself. He threw three interceptions and he had a fumble and he lost the fumble. So he had four um, turnovers just by himself. And I think he's taking that performance and he's just he just set that as the, as the floor for him. He's put it behind him and he's just grinded. And he's just continued to develop each and every play, not just game. Each and every play, he gets better and better and better. I think our offensive line has continued to get better and better and better. And everybody around... You know, our offensive line and Josh has continued to get better and better and better. So it's uh, it's been amazing to see Josh become the official MVP frontrunner because he's always been my favorite, <laughs> if you ask me. I think what he has to do to keep the momentum going is just continue to reset. You know, games are going to be different. Teams are going to be different. Defenses are going to be different. Um, stadiums and circumstances are going to continue to be different. But if he can just continue to reset and take it truly one play at a time, I don't think it's nothing stopping Josh Allen. He has all the tools in the toolbox. He can make every throw. He can run the ball. Um, he can do everything that that it takes to be a MVP quarterback. I think it's just all on Josh, and that is a great place to be, if you ask me. Um, let's look at some other contenders that have a chance to win MVP. Um, Tua was number one, you know, before this week. But our defense went crazy and, you know, Buffalo Bills won the game. So that moves Josh to number one. Patrick Mahomes will always be in the MVP race. And so will Jalen Hurts. And so will Lamar Jackson. Justin Herbert is good to see on here, too. I mean, he is a really good quarterback. It'd be dope to see Christian McCaffrey win MVP as well, because I don't think there has been an MVP running back since Adrian Peterson. And we get we get to that in a little bit. 
Brock Purdy would be a great one to see too. But I don't think any of them would be <laughs> as good to see for me in my eyes than Josh Allen. You know, I, I really uh, want it for Josh. He's done so much, man. I'm sure everybody on this list, they feel like they deserve it. And all the fans of these guys on this list, they feel like they deserve it. But I'm in a room with Josh Allen each and every day, and I, I truly know that he deserves it, man. And it'd be great for the Buffalo Bills to see that happen. You know, if Josh Allen wins the MVP, that means we have a really good team. And at the end of the season, things are looking pretty good for us. So I would love to, to see Josh Allen win the Super Bowl MVP. Micah Hyde also balled out as well. You know, he's had back-to-back weeks with an interception. In this last game, he had five tackles and one interception. You know, he had a, a really good interception in the game today. That came from pressure. You know, we just talked about this yesterday in the meeting room. And he should have stayed down the line. He should have stayed He should have stayed to that close hash that he had right down the sideline. Maybe he would have scored. But I think it's just the, the Iowa Hawkeye in him. And he just, you know, wants to run around and see if he can go against the grain and make it happen. But, you know, to see Michael Hyde come back and have the success that he's having, especially after, you know, getting injured last season and being out for the whole season and you see him come back and make plays, man, that, that is super cool, man. Shout out to my guy, Michael Hyde. You know, the win and Michael Hyde wasn't the only big news for Buffalo Bills. DeMar Hamlin made his NFL return. None of this stuff was surprising to me because I see him practice each and every day. And I saw him practice in training camp, saw him play in the preseason. So I knew he was ready. Um, but Jordan Poirier being down, he was officially up, you know, this uh, week. And it's, it's really, really cool and really, really dope to see him make that whole 360 return to himself again, man. And, and I'm so happy for DeMar, man. And I want to wish him continued success. He also talked to the press after the game and you know let's go to it and check him out let's see what he said after the game uh, i felt amazing you know the energy from the fans um was amazing you know but just being able to be out there with my teammates um you know have my family in the stands um play again with you know everybody on the team that just gives me confidence just feeds me like positive energy positive everything all week long and um, just to get out there and, and play with everybody again felt amazing Man, that's dope, man. That's dope, man. Like I said, I, I really wasn't surprised, man, because I'm at practice with this guy each and every day. I'm neither surprised or satisfied with uh, DeMar, man. I know that he has a whole lot left in the tank, man, and he contributes to this team in so many different ways, man. So I'm neither surprised or satisfied with DeMar Hamlin and his return to the NFL. This game was circled on our schedule, you know, for our defense. We knew it was going to be a tough game going against the Miami Dolphins. Um, when I look at the remaining schedule, some of the biggest challenges for our defense would have to be, I mean, you know, you want to stay, you know, week to week, of course. You know, you we want to stay week to week, and we have a huge challenge with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars in London this week. But just looking down the schedule, which Coach probably wouldn't advise me to do, but I do this for the Voncast for you guys, man. And when I look at the schedule, I see the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Chargers, all back to back to back to back in November and December. Those are all going to be tough games. I mean, you got Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, and Justin Herbert, man. And we just seen Khalil Mack go crazy and all those things. But I'll talk about that guy later in the show. But all of those teams will be tough for us. And I think what we have to do to keep playing to the same level that we played at this last past week is just to continue to reset. And to continue to take it one week at a time, 
that's all you can do in the National Football League. Because you see each and every week a team wins that shouldn't win, and you see a team lose that shouldn't lose. So you got to always take it week to week, man. And football is just one of those rah-rah sports. And I know that if we can continue to reset, continue to let the pressure come from within, because when you're your biggest critic, you're not listening to anything that's happening on the outside. Two weeks ago, they were talking about the Washington Commanders team and how good their defensive line was. And they didn't say anything about the Buffalo Bills defensive line. So if you listen to the outside world, you know, things change. Sometimes they'll be with you. Sometimes they'll be against you. I feel like we have to continue to be our biggest critic. The pressure has to continue to come from inward, not from the outside world. And I feel like, you know, we can be able to replicate this success and you know, all of these teams are going to be tough teams to beat. But our defense, if we can just continue to keep the main thing the main thing, and that's turnovers, playing as a team, continue to make the rushing coverage go together, I feel like we continue to have success. And if we get me back, I will be able to contribute to this defense as well. Um, losing Trey White was a huge blow for us. Um, hopefully I can feel some of the void. I won't be able to feel it as much as, you know, having Trey White there, man, is a tough you know, break for Trey White, man. But I'll be able to come back, man. And it's been since Thanksgiving, since I've put on football pads and practiced and did any of these things. So I'll be able to practice tomorrow for the first time. Super excited to, to get back out there with those guys. I've been leading from the film room and leading from the sidelines for so long, man. And not like I'm complaining. That's just what God put on the, the table for me. So I had to take advantage of it. And I think one of the biggest things that happened for me with this team is being able to be a team captain from the sideline, being able to be a, a team captain. I'm not even playing. That was one of the most enjoyable moments of this season for me is being able to be a team captain. I'm not even practicing. I'm not even playing with the guys. So these are the guys that voted for me and I didn't vote for myself now. One vote, I never do that. I feel like that's so lame when I get a sheet and I have the ability to vote for myself, and I do. I, I just feel like it's not, you know, it's not genuine. Because if you if you actually get it, it's like, man, did my, did my one vote matter? So never vote for myself, voted for everybody else. And to be able to get the ballot back and I was a team captain was super cool. And especially I haven't been practicing or I haven't played since Thanksgiving. So the rehab process was... I want to say tough, but it really wasn't because I've been through it before. Obviously, you know, going through ACL rehab is no walk in the park. But I just think the perspective that I have on it and really my enjoyment of the game. And I really enjoy being a Buffalo Bill. I, I really didn't let it, you know, kill my mood or kill my vibe. And, you know, um, and it's year 13 for me. Like, I'm on my third contract. I got two beautiful boys. Like, what I look like walking around the facility depressed because I you know, tore my ACL. Like, obviously it's tough and obviously I want to be back on the football field, but, you know, this it happened and I can't look back. So I continue to stay positive, continue to uplift my teammates. And I tried to find other ways to really be involved and really help out with my teammates. And I think that's what helped me from being like so down on the floors. I just found other ways to contribute and that really just took my mind off of what was happening with me. And, you know, to have the opportunity to come back because it's still not promised that I play in this game. I want to play in this game. I got to practice tomorrow and I only get one padded practice. So obviously I go out there and I look amazing with this padded practice because the difference is like in training camp, you get multiple padded practices to kind of like figure your game out. I just get one padded practice tomorrow and then we have a shells practice on Thursday and then we fly to London on Thursday night. So I really don't, I really don't have all the time in the world to like figure it out. I get one padded practice. So hopefully 
I look amazing tomorrow. I, I feel really strongly that I will. That's just how I think I feel. Like I will be amazing tomorrow and everybody will give me the green light to go play in the game. And I feel like the fans, I don't know if the fans can expect to see me yet, but if I was a betting man, I would say, yeah, you, you can expect to see Von Miller in London. This is my first time playing in London. And, you know, who knows how many chances I get to play in London. So I want this to happen. I'm pushing for it to happen. I think you can go ahead and, and really check that box and you guys will see me playing in London. And uh, it's been a lot of guys that's been going off. Khalil Mack had six sacks. I want to get back in that conversation. You know, I want to I want to fight for that top spot. It's been a lot of guys that's been going off, like Khalil Mack, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Leonard Floyd. He's been having a great year. Greg Rousseau has been having a great year. Ed Oliver. These are all guys that I see each and every day, my bad. Michael Parsons has been going crazy. Um, and these are some of the guys that I respect around the league and I respect their game. So I got a lot of catching up to do, but I feel strongly that I'll be able to get back in the mix of things really, really quick. We got some questions in the chat. Let me see. Uh, Carlton Ross says, go Bills. Said the team is about to get an even bigger boost when 40 comes back. Yes, I hope so. Connor McKenna says, Vaughn, it's gonna be a problem when you get back out there. That is true. That is true. I really hope so. KPAT12 says, are the Lions the real deal? Yes, they are the real deal. Did you not see the first game of the season? When they beat Patrick Mahomes and the, the Kansas City Chiefs, of course they are the real deal. I think it's Cod Esters, a Codesters. I'm not sure these usernames are crazy, but he says, "Was the was the Miami game really loud as it sounds?" And every and everybody said it was. Yes, it was. It was insane, and um, it felt like a college game. You know, I went to Texas A&M and I played in a lot of loud games, and this was this one was really loud. Um, Adi Mart says, did you watch the Toy Story broadcast with your voice? No, I didn't. I didn't. I, um, I had to be at the stadium at 11 a.m., so I didn't get a chance to. But I thought it was super cool, man. The game was played on carpet. The game was played on carpet, man. And they was able to recreate it and have it. It just looked amazing, man. I watched a little bit of it, but I, I just thought it was super cool. And especially for the NFL to be able to create a product that's marketable to the younger audience because the younger audience is the future of our league. So I thought that was super cool that they're thinking about everybody and they're being able to include the young kids, the big kids like myself and everybody that loves football. It was a fun week around the league. I can't talk week four without giving my former team, the Denver Broncos, a huge shout out and a huge comeback win against the Bears. It was looking pretty shaky at first. I'm not going to lie. I was looking at the screen and uh, I saw it. I think it was like three to 21. And I was like, oh, man, it's happening again, man. Like the Bears about to score 50 points on the Denver Broncos. Because we know the week before 70 points, like, was a tough week. And, um, you know, for them to be able to come back and have a 21-point comeback, time for the second largest comeback on the road in team history. We had a huge comeback win. I think it was 21 points, too. Um, against Phillip Rivers on Monday Night Football. I think they were up 21-0 at the half. We were able to come back and win that game 28-0. But that's in the past. This is about the present. This is about the present. And this team really, really needed that win. Because um, last week, it was looking bad. At the beginning of the, of the game, it got crazy, too. 
But that just shows you how resilient this uh, Broncos team is and how resilient my little brothers are, man. Sean Payton, he uh, cut off his sleeves mid-game, and then the, the team scored 24 unanswered points. So maybe it was up his sleeves. You know, maybe maybe the magic, maybe the help he needed it was just that he had something up his sleeves for real. <laughs> and they cut him off, man, and he went crazy. I'm not sure what was the big deal about. Maybe he's not a cuff guy, man, because he cut the cuffs off, man. Look at him. He got a little area in there. <laughs> he got his hands on his knees, man. He was ready to go, man. <laughs> but I think this win tells people that the Broncos are resilient. I think this win tells Broncos country that they are better than their 20 to 70 score that they had the week before. I think this tells, you know, Broncos country and the AFC West that they have what it takes to be competitive. Russell Wilson went crazy. And not only did he go crazy this game, but he's actually been going crazy all season long. And this is what I've said all along about Russell Wilson. I said it all along that this year was going to be way better than the year before, man. And Russell Wilson is going crazy, man. I think his passer rating was higher than Josh Allen's passer rating this last week, man. And, you know, that just shows like, man, Russ is cooking. I'm excited for Russ, man. And, you know, they, they definitely have what it takes. Now the Bears are 0-4, and, and the Broncos are 1-3. and So I think the Bears are in a, in a little tougher spot. You know, it's just tough to see a, a team struggle in pro sports, man. Like, it's tough to see, like, you know, teams, like, go 0-4 because I, I know so many people put their, their all into this game. So many people want to see their pro team be successful. And, you know, when you see it, man, it's just tough, man. I've been that team before. You know, we've... At the Denver Broncos, we've had years where we struggled just like them, man. And what I would say to those guys, man, is you just got to keep pushing, man. And you got to always keep the main thing the main thing. I know these things are cliche, but when you are a pro athlete, it's not like you can leave when you want to leave. This is where you are. And you just got to continue to to do your job and then do more. Because the do more part is the tricky thing. Because doing your job, that's what you have to do to be a successful player in this league but the do more part is what you need to change your team from a losing team to a winning team so you have to do your job that's just the baseline and then you have to do more I want to continue to take a second to uh, put my GM hat on for you guys because we have some teams that might need it right now if I were the Broncos GM after that big comeback win I would um, continue to fuel the fire because this game is really 70% confidence because everybody out there can play ball. So after we get a big win like that, especially a comeback win, like if they just killed them from the beginning to the end, like that's what they're supposed to do. But comeback win shows that they were just chilling at first and then they just turned it on. So I will continue to fuel the fire. I will continue to tell those guys, hey, man, we got a franchise quarterback. We got a quarterback that has been to the Super Bowl and can win it. Hey, we got franchise receivers. Hey, we got a franchise defense. Our offensive line is set. We got a Super Bowl winning head coach and quarterback. We know what it takes to get there. We just got to continue to reset and take it one week at a time. I think they had the Chiefs this week. It's going to be a good one because if they can win this game versus the Chiefs, not only does that help the Buffalo Bills, but that helps the Denver Broncos as well. So I would say, hey, man, like, I will use that. I will rah-rah these guys up to pump them up a little bit so we can play to the best of our ability versus the Chiefs because they have the receivers to do it. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, can't nobody guard these guys. They got a solid offensive line from the inside out, 
from McGlinchey, Garrett Bowles, to my guys on the inside, from Quentin and all the other guys they got in there, they have a solid, they have a solid offensive line. They have a solid defensive line too. Coop, that's my guy I play with Coop, Randy Gregory. All these guys can play, man. Jonathan Cooper, Randy Gregory, they're solid on, on the inside as well. They have a really good defensive line. They have DBs. They have the best cornerback in the NFL with Patrick Sertan. They got guys that can match up against these guys. So I would just continue to fuel the fire, man. I would say, hey, man, we got what it takes to win these games. We've seen what, what happens when we don't play our best via the Miami Dolphins. And we've seen what happens when we do play our best via the Chicago Bears and them being able to come back and score 24 unanswered points. So they have what it takes, man. They just got to reset and just go out there and do it, man. And I'm, and I'm sure Sean Payton will have those guys going, man. Sean Payton will have those guys going, man. The adjustments I would make to turn the Patriots season, the Patriots season around, um, I would bring Tom Brady back. I would try to bring Tom Brady back. <laughs> I played during the Patriots championship era. When they had Tom Brady in, man, it was crazy, man. It just felt like everything that they did was insane. When they had Gronkowski and, you know, they had uh, Edelman, like, bro, oh my God. It just felt like everything that they did just made it. And their defense was stout as well, man. Like, it just felt like everything they did, they were able to have success. And then I would just have a sit down with Mac Jones. And I'm sure they, they, they've done this before. But I would just... Let Mac Jones know that he has what it takes to be successful, you know, in this league. Like, you know, obviously, you know, um, being benched and bringing Zap in, you know, that was uh, that was tough. But I'm sure he'd be starting this week, man, because he has what it takes. He had three turnovers in the first half. And I, I watched that Cowboys-Patriots games, man, and the first game, and it was tough, man. It was really, really tough. So he has what it takes. That's just not him. And you can't win games when your quarterback is – responsible for three turnovers. I'll tell you that ourselves. We had Josh Allen. He was responsible for four turnovers. And we didn't win that game. We had a chance, but it just makes it tough, like, when your quarterback is turning the ball over like that. This was Bill Belichick's worst loss in 29 seasons as a head coach. Will he stick it out or retire? I think he sticks it out. Like, when you're a big-time coach like Coach Belichick, man, and he's the GM, He's going to be all right, man. Like, he's going to be all right, man. You got to get Mac Jones going. Or you can trade for Kirk Cousins. You can trade for Kirk Cousins right now. I'm sure uh, <laughs> I'm sure the, the Minnesota Vikings, they're looking for a suitor for Kirk Cousins right now. That might be um, the place to go for, you know, the Patriots if they truly think that the Mac Jones experiment is not going to work. Obviously, I believe in Mac Jones. But if they truly believe Mac Jones is not going to work, then go get Kirk Cousins. Go get Kirk Cousins and let's let's write the ship. Kirk Cousins is a proven quarterback. You got Juju, you got Zeke. Um, the offensive line is one of the best offensive lines in the league. Like, if you if you believe in the trade, Mac Jones for Kirk Cousins, player for player. I'm sure both teams would be okay with that. Cause it's a lot of cap that they got to bring in for Kirk Cousins. He is paid as well. And you know, that's what I would do if I if I had my GM hat on. As a GM, if my franchise QB was struggling, I would Sit him down and have a talk with him. I, I think you start there first. If you look at the Bengals, you got Joe Burrow, the highest paid player in NFL history. He's having a rough start. You just got to sit down and talk to him. And, and Joe Burrow, like, he's not fully healthy right now. He's, uh, you know, trying to fight through injury and stuff. Maybe we sit him down. Maybe we get him fully healthy before, you know, we hurt him even more. Like, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's something that we look at. Maybe we sit, you know, um, Joe Burrow down for a little bit, man, and, 
Then whenever he gets back healthy, we bring it back up. Daniel Jones struggled against the Seahawks. Um, I feel like that's different. That's different because Daniel Jones, he doesn't, first of all, their left tackle, he didn't play. He didn't have the type of protection that, you know, that Joe Burrow has. And then secondly, Daniel Jones is different because Seahawks have a really good rush. They really do. And Geno Smith played well in that game as well. So I think with all these guys, before you talk about trading and get rid of these guys, you can you sit down and talk to these guys. Now, if that, and that, if that doesn't work, if that doesn't work, you know, via Daniel Jones, then you got to explore other options. I would like to take a second and shout out any Swifties that's tuning in to the Voncast right now. This is super cool. Welcome to the NFL family. I really appreciate you guys. Um, you know, Travis is my guy, man. And, you know, to see the the Taylor and Travis couple, you know, uh, heating up, man, it's, it's exciting and it's dope. You know, Travis is a super cool guy, man. And th- this is a really, really cool couple. And he had a, a crazy dream box right here. This is a dream box, man. Like Taylor Swift had Hugh Jackman in there, Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively. It was insane, man. Like, and I would think about like my dream box. Who would I have? And my dream box to come watch me. Um, I think Lil Wayne will have to be in there. Denzel Washington. You know, I'm just bouncing around now. I don't want it to all be, you know, artists. Um, I think Elon Musk. That would be super cool to have Elon Musk come to my game to watch me play. And I think uh, President Obama. That would be cool, man. If I had all of those guys come in to watch my game, that would be insane, man. That would be a dream you know, a celebrity box to have in my game to come watch me. Chat, who do you think would be in your celebrity box to come watch you? We haven't got today yet. No, we don't have guys asking about tonight. We don't have guys with that who who they have in their celebrity box, but we do have Nicholas D. Pota in here. And he says, We miss you on the line, brother. Hope you can make it back to London. I you know, I I'll give you a little, you know, inside scoop. 90%, I'm 90% sure that I'd be there in London. I'd be ready to play. We got I, Wilson, he said, inject a Von Miller sack into my veins. I'm hoping to inject a whole lot of Von Miller sacks into your veins this weekend. Um, we got H2, he said, GM Vine, any interest in coaching after you're done? No way. No way, no how. I sit in there every single day, and <laughs> I have so much respect for coaches all across the world, not just football coaches, but dance coaches, golf coaches, all type of coaches all across the world, mental coaches. Like, I, I just have so much respect for coaches all across the world, man. That is a a tough job, and I just don't see Vaughn doing that. I'd rather be able to go in there and find the talent. I'd rather evaluate the talent for my coaches to go out there and coach them up. Um, he says, uh, GM Vaughn, what would you do with Tennessee? Well, Tennessee just had a huge win against – Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, I think it was their first win of the season. They got a dream team already. They got Derrick Henry. They got Ryan Tannehill. Offensive line is stacked. And they got Hopkins. And their defense is, is good. And they're coached by Mike Vabrell, man. Like, they already have a huge team. It's, it's really striking to see the, the Tennessee Titans, you know, struggling right now. Um, But let's talk about some guys who are balling right now. C.J. Shroud, he's been on the show before. C.J. Shroud is making a name for himself. In his first four games, he is 94 for 151 passes. He has six touchdowns, and he has 1,212 yards and zero interceptions. Like I told y'all, man, CJ Stroud is the guy, man. He's looking good, man. 
C.J. Shroud, his last game in college, I think versus Georgia, he showed everybody that he could play in the league. He showed everybody that he has what it takes, and he's doing it now in the league, man. Like, shout out to C.J. Shroud, man. He's going crazy. C.J. Shroud is key for turning this Texans team around. It all starts with the quarterback. We all know that's the quickest way to, to turn your, your team around, and they have a franchise quarterback in C.J. Shroud. And um, how far do I see him carrying the team? Hopefully to the playoffs. <laughs> the way he's looking now, man, the sky's the limit for this team. I'm excited for C.J. Shroud and the, and the Houston Texans for sure. Khalil Mack made the Raiders wish they never traded him. He had six sacks versus the Chargers in a 24-17 win over the Raiders on Sunday. Six sacks is crazy. But I've seen the guy have five sacks in the game before. He had five sacks in one half. So six sacks throughout the game is, I've seen it before. And sacks come in bunches. He went into the game with no sacks. And he left the game with six sacks. So pass rushes, we always like to say, sacks come in bunches. And they really do, man. Khalil Mack is going crazy, man. And he's always going crazy. I remember when he was uh, first team all pro as a linebacker and a defensive lineman. I remember when he won defensive player of the year over me. I think it was by one vote. He won over me. Um, so I am very familiar with Khalil Mack. And all the Hall of Fame talk that I get, I think Khalil Mack should rightfully get the same Hall of Fame talk about him and his career, man, because he's done everything under the sun, man. He is truly a beast, man, and I have nothing but respect for Khalil Mack. He's been to the Passover Summit. He's contributed to the Passover Summit in so many different ways, man. I love Khalil Mack. I can't talk about, you know, Khalil Mack enough, man. Mack came ready to play, and so did the entire Chargers sideline after this hit. Justin Herbert was late hit. But his whole team, his whole team came to his defense, man. Look at Matt. There you go right there. He's trying to get another sack. Look at Khalil. He's trying to get another sack right there, man. The quarterback is going. Oh, here it is. The shake. Uh-oh. Damn, Crosby. That's right there. But we all know, like, the court. And he was all the way out of bounds right here. So, you know, like, that was too much, man. And I think uh, Jerry was, he was, he was ejected after this hit, which is rare because usually they give you two personal fouls. You're able to get two personal fouls after this one. They just kicked him out of the game after that one, man, because Justin Herbert is the second highest player in, in the whole league, man. You can't do that, man. Like, you can't do that, man. Like, and there was Tom Brady, they probably suspended him. You know, as a defensive player, like, you can't, we got to ease up on the guys on the sideline, man. Like, the quarterback, he makes this thing go. Like, if that was a receiver, ah, it might have been different. If that was a running back, ah, that might have been different. But, the quarterback, man, that's that's just ridiculous to go over and hit the guy like that, man. And you know, you just gotta you just gotta know as a defensive player, you just have to know. This is pro sports, you have to know. And I I think college players they know in college, man. I'm not trying to pile on on Jerry Tillery right now, but you just gotta know, man. You know, you can't do stuff like that on the sideline, man. And you know, to see the whole team come to his defense, man, that's what you're supposed to do. Because I tell you what, if somebody hit Josh Allen like that, I'm getting kicked out the game. I'm not going to let none of that fly, man. So it's dope that Herbert is okay. And we knew he was okay because he skipped away right after the hit. <laughs> he literally skipped away right after the hit. So we knew he was okay. Look at him. Get up. We knew he was okay, man. And he just lets all he lets the guys fight his battles after that. Look at him. They're all on him now. Look, they're going crazy now. So he knew his guys had his back. He didn't even check back to see if they did, man. And he knew the guys, you know, had his back and, that's how it goes, man, when you're a franchise quarterback. If we're talking big-time games, we have to talk about CMC Christian McCaffrey. He had 20 carries, 106 yards, four touchdowns, 
in a 35 to 16 win over the Cardinals. Like he went crazy and he's been going crazy. We talked about him earlier in the show and he is one of the uh, front runners to win MVP. He's the first running back. If he's able to win MVP, which I'm hoping Josh Allen will, but if he's able to win MVP, he would be the first MVP since Adrian Peterson to do it in 2012. I think he could do it, but hopefully I think I feel like Josh Allen would beat him out because we already said earlier in the show what that would do for my team and my, cha- and my team's chances to win the Super Bowl if Josh Allen were the MVP. So I'm hoping Josh Allen will continue to have the success that he has, but if he doesn't, sure, why not? I would love to see Christian McCaffrey win MVP, man, like... Denver guy, went to Valor High School. Valor is my son's name. I would love to see Christian McCaffrey win it, man. And, you know, since joining the 49ers, 18 games, he's had 21 touchdowns, 2,226 all-purpose yards. He's just going insane. I've never played with a player of his caliber on offense like that. Of course, I played with Peyton Manning. I played with DT. But a guy that really takes over the game at the running back position, like Christian McCaffrey, uh, no, I, I really haven't, man. I've only been able to admire from a distance. And I think um, a guy that I would compare him to would probably be Alvin Kamara, when Alvin Kamara was just going absolutely crazy. Reggie Bush, when Reggie Bush was unstoppable. You know, I had to compare him to those guys, man. Like, CMC is definitely in a, in a lane of his own, though, and it's exciting to watch. It's, it's exciting to witness. That was a crazy slate of games. And before we move on, I'm going to give you my top teams in each conference, starting with the AFC. I feel like the Buffalo Bills are number one. You know, obviously, we beat the Miami Dolphins, and the Miami Dolphins are number one. I would put the Miami Dolphins at two, Buffalo Bills at one, Miami Dolphins at two. Number three, I would, um, got it. You can't leave the Kansas City Chiefs out. You can't leave the Kansas City Chiefs out of nothing. Uh, They got Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. And they got the Swifties and Taylor Swift. Like, you can't leave those guys out of nothing. I, you can't leave those guys out of nothing. And then um, number four in the AFC, I would have to put the Jets, man, because the Jets, they're playing good, too. Even without even without Aaron Rodgers, they still have a really good team. Zach Wilson is, is really getting better and better each and every game. I saw some plays in this Kansas City Chiefs game that we saw. He made some incredible throws. He made some incredible decisions in that game. And he looks like he's really coming into his own. And I think, you know, having, you know, A-Rod in the room and that whole show being about A-Rod and the A-Rod getting hurt the third play of the season, it kind of rejuvenated Zach Wilson. I don't think he even expected to play this whole season, but it happened and you got to be ready now. And that shows you a lot about Zach Wilson, man, that he's he's ready to go. He's ready to play. Now moving on to the NFC, obviously it's the 49ers and the Eagles. Like, and I think they're one and one. I think the 49ers and the Eagles are one and one. You can't leave out the Cowboys. And um, you can't leave out the Rams, my former team, too, because they look like they're bubbling up something. And they look like they are getting ready to make a run. Um, I think his name is uh, Nuka, the receiver. He's insane. Matty Ice, Matthew Stafford, he's insane. Those are my teams, man. And I, I like to go to the chat, man, and and check out to see what would be your teams in the AFC and the NFC. Von Miller's Killers says, Von is in my dream box. These are some of the answers from the dream box earlier. We have C. Marino. He said, J. Cole would be in my dream box. He said, and then we have Evan Whitmire. He says, give me Von Miller, Josh Allen, Tage Thompson, and Sidney Crosby in the select box. That's a good one. C. Jackson 
says the whole mafia getting kicked out of the stadium if anyone came after Josh Allen like that because we all fighting. That is true. Like, Bill's mafia won't play that. HBK says, do you think this is the year for double-digit sacks? Hypothetically, if you play next week or not. I always feel like it's double-digit sack time for me. And I think I got enough games to do it. Um, I think I can have enough enough games to do what I need to do. All I need is two sacks to catch Derrick Thomas, though, which is very, very interesting for me. And I'm excited about that. And A. Kime says, what is your all-time offense? My all-time offense would have to be the best offense in NFL history, in my opinion, would have to be the 2013 Denver Broncos. And nobody really talks about that enough. We have five players on that offense with 10 touchdowns. We have five players on that offense with 10 touchdowns. It doesn't get talked about enough because Peyton Manning went to the Super Bowl and then lost to the Seattle Seahawks. If we were able to win that game, then it would be more talk about it. Two years later, we go to the Super Bowl and we win it defensively. Peyton Manning still had a great game, but it was a defensive game and we were able to win it defensively. And I feel like that just puts the the buffer on that 2013 team that that we had. The 2013 Denver Broncos offense was one of, if not the best offense of all time. And that's Von saying it. Obviously, I was on a team, but that's Von saying it. But, you know, to end it, you know, next week we got the Jags in London. This will be my first time playing in London. And I think uh, it says, what do you think some of the challenges would be playing abroad? And what am I most excited about? Um, I think the challenge would be obviously the time difference. They're six hours ahead of us. We got to take a six hour flight to get there. That would probably be one of the challenges. I think playing just in a new environment. I've played in every NFL stadium. I played in every NFL stadium in the NFL. So I'm used to all of these places. I've played in all of these stadiums multiple times. So I think I'm used to that. And, you know, playing in a soccer stadium would be a little bit different. I don't think it'd be different for me, but I just, I'm just stating some of the challenges for your typical NFL team. And I'm most excited about just playing in front of the Brits, man. I'm excited to play in in front of the English. Um, They have really, really great fans, man. I've watched some of the soccer teams and I've seen some of the the London games before, man. And they are exciting, man. And they're sold out, man. I'm excited to play there. The Jags played on Sunday this last week. They're going to be there for two weeks straight. I feel like that, I feel like that is super cool, man. You get to spend two weeks in London. It might give them a little bit of advantage because they're used, you know, to, to playing there. They're playing in two different stadiums. They're playing in Wembley and then they're playing in Tottenham. So they're getting the whole London experience. I think what the Bills need to do to carry over some momentum from Sunday's win over um, to London, I think we just got to continue to reset. I, I think we just got to continue to reset, believe in ourselves, and just take it one day at a time. Not one game at a time, one day at a time. Wednesday's tomorrow. We take Wednesday as it comes. Then Thursday, we travel to London, have all the respect for the Jacksonville Jaguars and their team, man. And we just continue to build on our team what we've done this week. So take it one day at a time, travel over there, rest up, and get ready for the game. I'll go to the chat one more time. Um, we got War Dog. He answered number one Bills, two 49ers, three Eagles. Four Dolphins, five Chiefs, six Cowboys. I would think the Chiefs are a little bit higher, but that's just my respect for Patrick Mahomes and their team. And we got G-Dog right here. He says, uh, who impressed you the most on our team this year? I think Ed Oliver, man. He's definitely developing into his own, man. 
And he's taking his spot amongst top defensive players. And no, not just defensive tackles. He's taking his spot amongst top defensive players in the whole entire league. And it's, it, we're starting to see it. P. Friend says, who do you think are the underdogs in both conferences are? Um, in the AFC, I would have to go with the Denver Broncos because I know what type of team they have. I know what type of team they have. I know what type of players they have. I know about that franchise, man. I think they're one of the underdogs. Um, I think they'll be able to right the ship when I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what the Denver Broncos do. They're playing the Chiefs this week, so this will be a big one. This will be a big one for them to show the NFL. We got Pearl Pinchy Doyers. Says, Vaughn, shout out to my nephew, JJ. It's his ninth birthday, and he's one of your biggest fans. Hey, JJ, happy birthday, my boy. <laughs> we got Jay Morales. And he said, can't wait to put that Vaughn jersey on. Let's go, Bills. I would appreciate that, man. I am super excited to be back. Um, like I said before, I haven't played football since Thanksgiving last year. Uh, it's been a long road from recovery. And I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to leave with my pads on. I'm happy to be able to put my helmet on and put my mouthpiece in. I'm happy to run out there and run around. I'm sure I'll get fatigued a little bit, but I'm happy to be fatigued. I'm happy to be back in the mix, man. I'm happy to be back in gin pop with the prisoners, man. I'm happy to be back with my guys, man. I wanted to get out of solitary confinement, man. And I'm, I'm happy to be back in gin pop with my guys, man. With Micah Hyde and and Josh Allen and Kair Elam. I'm happy to be around the guys, man. And DeMar and all the guys, man. So this has been episode two of the Voncast. And I really appreciate you guys for tuning in, man. And until next time, I'll see you guys later, man. <laughs>